You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. Pitchers and catchers report this week. Let it sink in, bask in the glory of it, Ed. Yes, it is It is that time of year when we get to see live pictures of guys in shorts and t-shirts <laughs> half-heartedly throwing to each other. But it's glorious all the same time. I mean, I, I really, I cannot wait to see Dylan Cease kind of going through his windup and lobbing a ball in the general direction of Sebi Zavala. I, I cannot wait to see... Michael Kopech tried not to pull his hamstring, just playing a little long toss with uh, Yasmani Grandal, who I hope also does not pull anything while he's doing that. So, Does Dylan C. show up with a mustache, grow the mustache during spring training, or go with a completely different look this year? What do you think? I am honestly hoping he like Doc holidays it this year, right? Yes. He's got, you know, he's got that whole whole look going. So like I, the I don't, little, I don't the know. The little thing underneath, like the little triangle underneath the the lower lip. Yeah, and like like heavily waxed down. You know that that whole thing. Yes. I, I want I want I want him to to have to have somebody say I'm your Huckleberry before they get a hit off. Of him. Yes, that would be awesome. I would love that. That's awesome. And then who do you think is the first person that's in the best shape of their life? Lucas Giolito. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to push that immediately. They're going to Lucas Giolito. Yeah, because because he's made he's made a point of saying he. He had to get in a different kind of shape, so he'll be in the best shape of his life. Best shape of his life. All right, so I have a uh, a big giant wheel here on the bar today. We've used this, if you've ever seen us, when we're, yes. we're out on location, and when I spin it, we use it to give away stuff and have contests and things like that. Today on the board, I've written a bunch of random topics because as we enter spring training officially with pitchers and catchers reporting, there's things I want to get out of the way. There's things I want to kick off. We have a new segment we're bringing to Sacks in the Basement each and every week, and it's going to feature somebody you've heard on the show before getting a regular spot on this program. I'm very excited about that, and there's some random things that I would love to just dive into today that may or may not be sports-related. So we're doing all that in 30 minutes of Sacks, and it's all brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park, the official sponsors of Sacks in the Basement. Get out there in the shadow of the ballpark, pregame, postgame, in-game, whenever you want to get out and have a good time with an extensive bar, rotation of craft beers, familiar favorites, spirits, wines, an award-winning menu of burgers and ballpark favorites. Let me let me tell you something. When you go over to 33rd and Princeton before the game, you bring the whole family over. I'm going to guarantee you you're going to get great food at a great price. It's going to, it's going to help you with your ballpark experience. We always talk about the White Sox having a hard time with their experience. You can up your experience on game day by including Cork and Carry at the Park in your plans. Get over there, check it all out, see everything they have to offer, and for your next party, you know, rent the place out or check out one of their amazing rooms that are available along Western Avenue at 10614 Southwestern Avenue, corkandcarry.com. All right, first thing we're going to spin on here. Wheel of topic, turn, wheel turn, of turn. Topics. Tell us how much time we should burn. All right, let's take a look. First thing's going to be the Rules Committee. They have uh, made a rule that came about in the pandemic permanent, and they have expanded upon another rule when it comes to position players pitching. The position players pitching thing, explain this to me, Ed. Uh, The way it's going to work, like, first of all, it seems as though they're doing everything they can to stop people from using their, their backup catcher as a pitcher in a game. So what is the rule going into this year now? 
The rule is, if it's fun, the Major League Baseball doesn't want you to have it. <laughs> no, uh, that's not true. The, the The actual rule is, the new guidelines are, leading teams have to be up by 10 or more runs in the ninth inning in order to let a position player pitch, and trailing teams can use a position player anytime it's down by eight or more runs. and Or extra innings. It, you can do it anytime in extra right, innings. Right, right. Anytime in extra innings. And that's that's a smart way to do things. They're, they're trying their damnedest to stop position players from going out and pitching um, I, I, I don't, I don't exactly know what the real reason is behind it, but I don't care. The 132 position player pitching appearances in 2022 probably has something to do with it. And that's not including Shohei Otani who counts as a regular pitcher. But I mean, like what, what is the problem with it? Is it because it makes games go longer because the guy's terrible? Is it because like, like managers say, we just want to win the series. So we're just conceding this game and they're trying to prevent that. Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like what, what the motivation behind it seems murky to me. I know it was unanimous. Like everybody was like, yeah, we're stopping this from happening. So they clearly don't like the fact that guys are being utilized as pitchers in games to save bullpen arms. So I, this is something major league baseball really wants to put their thumb down on and snuff out as best as possible. And so this rule uh, does that. But I mean, what do you think the motivation is? I really don't know. I, and, and, and here's the thing, like, they want more offense, right? They want higher scoring games. They want games with more action to them. But then this is the result, right? If you're going to have games where offense is huge and guys are getting blown out, yeah, teams aren't going to be stupid with their pitchers and, and you know, start shuffling guys in and out. You also have to consider guys have to face a minimum amount of batters. There's there's all this stuff that goes into it now, right? And so I think the, the the fact that there were more appearances last year than and any other time by position players on the mound, I think was characteristic of how the offenses went, you know, and, and how we were getting more blowouts. And it's not even with the happy fun ball, right? And, and home runs weren't necessarily even up. But it's just one of those where I, I don't understand the motivation behind it. I just, I think it was one of those anomalies last year where teams were throwing guys out there. They were having a bit of fun with it. There was a lot of highlight reels of of position players pitching and guys getting hits off of them or, or taking, you know, Travis Darno from uh, uh, the Braves getting hit in the back and collapsing on a 45-mile-an-hour pitch just to joke around. I, I, I just, I really, honestly, I was being facetious when I said MLB doesn't want anything fun on the field, but I, I feel like they felt like it was making a mockery of the game to have guys lobbing Ephesus up there and goofing around. The other rule, though, that has been made permanent is the extra innings rule with the runner that goes on second base to kick off the extra innings. That is now a permanent rule. Mm. It is no longer an experimental rule. So whoever mm. was the last guy up at the plate is going to be the designated runner. Of course, you can pinch run for him. You know, here's my thing. I have no problem with this rule. I know baseball purists hate change. I always hated change too, but there was a point in time in Major League Baseball where with two strikes on you, if you fouled off a pitch, it was strike three. I mean, it's okay every once in a while to evolve. I know they want to make the games quicker. I know they want to come to a conclusion of these games. I mean, I know a baseball purist that's in his 70s is my dad who loves the idea of games moving quicker because he's sick of sitting there for three and a half hours and probably doesn't want to watch an 18-inning game on a Wednesday. And most people don't stick around the ballpark when that's happening. So I'm totally fine with it, and it also adds... A little bit of strategy. Uh, you know, our manager last year couldn't figure it out 
Tony La Russa was terrible at that. I think that's why I'm against the rule, because I have PTSD from watching Tony La Russa not be able to manage his way out of a paper bag when it came to the extra inning rules. But a competent manager could, a competent manager can handle it. And we saw so many interesting ways that managers approached it. Like the way that like teams that played the White Sox, they would walk a slow runner or they would walk somebody that they felt like they wanted to get to someone that has a tendency to hit in the double plays. Or that couldn't lay down a bunt. Yeah. they they So like it adds to the strategy in extra innings. It quickens the game. I don't have a major problem with it. I know there's people that hate change. But to me, as long as you're keeping it pure in the postseason, I really don't care about what happens on a Wednesday night. Figure out who the winner is and move on. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I I think better managed, I will be happier with it because I agree with everything you said there. It moves the game along. And and those extra inning games, too often you get, you know, you you get just one guy on second base with two outs and nothing happens. Or, you, you know, you get through a bunch of innings you've taken, maybe you've swapped out a guy for defense. And now there's just, you know, some lesser hitters in the lineup. There's all sorts of things that contribute to extra inning games just going way too long. So at least this gives an opportunity for it to go one extra inning, which is good. All right, let's spin the wheel now. And we have random weird phone call in the SoxInTheBasement.com. Here we go. Just put Jake Booger at third. I'll put Jake Booger at third. And uh, put Yarn McCall at second. But you can make a trade, too. You could trade him in July. Yoyer Mercado, trade him in July. And go get a decent player, infield or outfield. <laughs> All right. So Jake Booger and uh, Yadier Mancada were the uh, subjects of that uh, phone oh, call. Oh, well, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I want... I, if Yadier Molina wants to pretend to be Yohan Moncada, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Even if he wants to play second base or third base. Yeah, that's fine. Here's the thing. They're never going to move Yohan Moncada back to second. I know that everybody looks at the no, problems at second base. terrible. They're never he's doing so that. Bad. They're not going to put him at second and put Jake Berger over at third when Jake Berger couldn't show you that he could play very good defense over at the hot corner. I don't think that that's an option. Uh, that guy sounded like he was intoxicated. If he fell down and hurt himself, or if he's got a family member at home uh, that's getting on in their years and they want to stay independent and in the home and not go into assisted living, Hyatt Home Medical Equipment in Evergreen Park has a big, beautiful showroom with all kinds of equipment to help people stay in the home. You can make the home into a smart home. Uh, You can program an app that opens and closes doors. There's lifts that get you from one floor to the next floor. They can set up the bathroom so that you're less of a fall risk. All kinds of ways to alert family members in case something happens to you. Plus, they have the latest in CPAP technology for those that suffer from sleep apnea, and they have the latest in diabetes control. They work with your insurance, and if you mention Saks in the Basement, you get additional money off. See everything they have to offer at HHM me.com or stop in and see them today at 3518 West 95th Street. On to the next thing here. Spin that wheel. Fantasy baseball news that affects the White Sox this week. We did this on the last show, but there was something new you wanted to bring up, so that's why I put it on the wheel. What do you have? Uh, it's a good bit of fantasy baseball news for White Sox fans because according to CBS Sports and their fantasy baseball and the Roto-Wire staff, White Sox Larry Garcia being viewed as a backup. Well, good. While Garcia drew quite a bit of playing time under former manager Tony La Russa, new skipper Pedro Grafal is expected to lean more towards Romy Gonzalez and Lennon Sosa for starts at second base. The offseason addition of Andrew Benintendi and the rise of top prospect Oscar Colas will also cloud the path for Garcia to look get looks in the corner outfield. In other words, 
He ain't playing every day. We're not going to see that much of him, so don't draft him in fantasy baseball, which you shouldn't have been doing anyway. But I just love the fact that they had to point out that Larry Garcia is, in fact, a backup player. He's a wasted roster spot on a team that can't admit that there's no place for him. And the longer they hold on to him, they just look stupid. And because they don't want to admit that they wasted money signing a stupid contract with him when you could get that kind of performance out of anybody. There's he's a, he's a dime a dozen even when he's playing up to what his potential is. If he just gives you his average career year, he's there's a million guys out there that you could sign for less. So he's, he's a dumb contract. He's the 26th man on your roster, and he's somebody that the team just holds on to because they can't admit that they're wrong. And Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't like having his money wasted. We talked about this. Rick Hahn, Rick Hahn's biggest blunder is if he signs somebody to a deal and the guy doesn't actually take the field and he wastes Jerry's money. That's why the Mike Clevenger thing is probably the scariest thing to him actually remaining in the front office, because if it goes the wrong way, and they for and public pressure pushes them. They have to get rid of Clevenger and Reinsdorf has to eat all of that money and doesn't get out from underneath it. That could be the end of Rick and Kenny. It could easily be their end. And that's why Larry Garcia is still on the team this year. There is no absolutely no other reason for him to be there. Let's move on. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Can we we, we need like a ban on Larry Garcia being talked about on the show for a while. That okay. was the last time he will be mentioned unless he does something <laughs> he's gonna, good. He's going to have the spring training of his life. You know that, right? He's going to hit That's fine. And then they should immediately trade him to somebody else. <laughs> be great. All right, here. I'm going to talk about a frustration that happened today and an idea that I have. A uh, little bit of actual spring cleaning here on socks in the basement. That's what I have here. Oh, God, you're firing me. The original banner that was up last year, it is... 10 or 12 feet long. It's huge. So you really have to have some room. But if you want it, reach out to us through SocksInTheBasement.com or hit me up in the DMs on one of our social media sites because I have this thing rolled up and I have nowhere to put it. It's the big giant thing that says, you know, the home of the podcast for fans, by fans, Socks in the Basement. It's got the Cork and Carry at the Park logo on it. It's got the big Socks in the Basement logo on it. If, if you want the banner that was up at 33rd and Princeton at our sponsor's home, Cork and Carry at the Park, I have it. I'm not even having a contest for this. I will just give it away. All right. I would love it if I got like a voicemail, like what you would do with it. I am curious what you would do with this giant banner. But for all the people that always walk up to me and say, how do I get my hands on one of those banners? And I look at them like they're crazy and I don't know what they would do with it. My only request is you have to explain why you want this giant 10 to 12 foot long banner. And then I want a picture of where you put it in your house, preferably with like your significant other making a sad or annoyed face that you put it inside their house. Okay. That's I, it's there. It's available to you. Just hit us up on one of the social media sites or go to socks in the basement.com. Or Chuck Garfine, if you want to use it as a bathrobe, I'm happy to have it tailored to fit you. <laughs> the other thing is I'm just putting this out there to anybody out in, in the Socks in the Basement listener base that is artistic, that it does very well with graphics. I went out and spent hours today, hours, Ed, because I thought that I could just get a program. I went and got Adobe Illustrator and I had all these ideas over the weekend for like merchandise and stuff I want to do for the Southside Irish Parade and stuff for the, the new season and everything like that. And I spent hours and accomplished nothing. I realize now that I am too stupid and incapable of doing graphic design. I'm not having a contest. I'll tell you this right now. I'm not having a contest, but the new official policy of Socks in the Basement is if you come up with something cool that you think would look good on a hat, on a shirt, on whatever, and you have it, I promise that if we agree with you, not only will I use it, but I'll pay you for it. 
All right. Like this isn't like I'll give you a case of beer. I'll pay you for it. If you're an artist and you make money making art, I'll pay for the artwork because I've decided I'm not artistic. I tried my hardest. I can't figure the damn thing out. I already requested my my refund by the end of the day. Which, which stick figure is me and which one is you? <laughs> you? You know, that's a funny joke, but there's nothing for you to actually look at. I Because I couldn't even draw a stick figure. I spent hours and got nothing done. I'm so frustrated with myself. Uh, that will probably bring us to the next thing. Oh, I hope we land on it here. We already got that one. Hold on a second. Here we go. Yes. We have a brand new segment here on Socks in the ah, Basement. Good. And we're going to bring on to the show uh, a man who not only uh, comes up with great information when it comes to covering the White Sox, but also uh, is the guy putting up all that great information on the scoreboard at the ballpark. The Sox nerd Dave Marin is now going to be joining us each and every week throughout spring training, throughout the season, hopefully forever. I love what Dave does. And give Absolutely. us give us the best stuff that he's found. Maybe even things that aren't going to end up on the scoreboard because he can't put it up there. Or just stuff that he was like, I found this about a player and this is what's going to be on this week. This is what you might have missed this weekend. And we're going to kick it off because pitchers and catchers are reporting with a look at one of those positions right now with the Sox nerd. Dave Marin. And it is now time for nerding out with the Sox nerd, Dave Marin. How are you, Dave? Great, Chris. How are you? Good. Pitchers and catchers report this week. Uh, what interesting tidbits have you found out about? Uh, let's start with pitchers. Well, with pitchers, uh, I think all eyes will be on the uh, closing situation with the unfortunate uh, circumstance with Liam Hendricks. And I know you and I touched on this briefly about Ronaldo Lopez. Based on some of the numbers I found, he, he deserves a long look at uh, closing. He posted career lows in home run percentage and walk percentage last year. And he tied his career high in strikeout percentage. But the thing that I really like is that he was unscored upon in 10 appearances in the ninth inning last season with an opponent's slash line of 171, 167, and 229. And he's the only relief pitcher you could take the back of his baseball card and put it next to Liam Hendricks' baseball card from last year and just look at the basic numbers, and he was actually better. I know he isn't in the same high-leverage situation and used always the same way as Hendricks was, but he's the only guy you can do that to, right? I agree, and I also, I really like his demeanor. I mean, nothing really seems to rattle that guy. But I think when he gets in those situations, he doesn't let the moment uh, get the best of him. And then also, I mean, that guy has had some historic performances. He had one released in against the Cubs. Uh, I think he went four or five perfect innings of relief. And then he had that 14 strikeout performance against the Tigers, and he's thrown a one-hitter. Kendall Graveman, I think everyone is looking at maybe as the guy who, uh, you know, would kind of naturally fall into that role because he was a closer for Seattle the year before he came to the Sox. But last year, you know, he was just 6 of 12 on safe situations. And uh, his ERA, I found in those was 8.03, which you won't see on the scoreboard. But anyway, uh, he... <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, I'm sure they'll be using spring training to see, you know, how he fits in those situations. And, you know, I know some people don't like the World Baseball Classic, but from Graveman's point of view, we may get a chance to see him in some high leverage safe situations. 
the closer situation, definitely something to look at in spring training as pitchers and catchers are reporting. Uh, take me home with uh, with one more pitching staff. Do you have anything for the starters? Davis Martin, he, uh, he was reliable. He was serviceable in that fifth spot. I wouldn't mind seeing him there. And one thing I found out about him was that he posted a 3.11 ERA in the 10 games where he went at least five innings last season. I'm not completely uncomfortable with Davis Martin in that fifth or sixth starting role based on some of the numbers I've seen. There we go. The Sox nerd Dave Marin is brought to you proudly by the law offices of Parente and Norm. When you've been injured, you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights. Insurance companies only care about one thing, the bottom line. Uh, they have the experience, dedication, proven results it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve. The law offices of Parente and Norm have recovered over $425 million for their injured clients and their loved ones. Saxon Basement listeners, free case evaluation. Call or text them today at 312-641-5926 or visit pninjurylaw.com. We will get into the catchers next week. Sound good, Sox nerd? Perfect. Back to the wheel. Ah, oh, another one. Another one, Ed. I can't help it. What? It, what? it came up. I need. I have another random voicemail. It's always the same guy. I think he's in Kentucky. Uh, this one, I think he was drinking a lot of bourbon. All right, here we go. Drink some more some bourbon. Here we go. You move Louis Garcia to center field, put Lewis Robert at second, and try that out. Tell everybody about that one. Change out Lewis Robert. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. And Louis no, Garcia. <laughs> Put Larry Hold Garcia on. in center. Put Louis Robert at second base. That's what I thought I heard. How much bourbon do you have to drink to come up with that idea and then call into somebody and suggest it? You know what? I will do an experiment this weekend. <laughs> uh, I will drink die. a lot of bourbon. And I'll see how long it takes me to call you with that idea. I mean, it's, you, you, no, don't do that. Anybody who tries to drink enough to come up with that kind of an idea, most people would die trying. Next thing on next thing on the wheel. Valentine's Day. The show comes out on Valentine's oh. Day. Um, do you do you have any big plans with the wife? Uh, no, I don't. We we historically have not really done anything for Valentine's Day, and even when I've tried, she's basically just been like, "Oh, that's, that's it? it." So, yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I already did it this weekend. Like I went and bounced around at different breweries. Like my wife like likes going to breweries. I, I found I found a winner. I found a country girl from West Virginia who who cooks uh, and likes going to breweries. I mean, it, it's the way to it's the way to my that's, heart. That's a that's a big win that's, right there that's for a you. Big, big win right there. Uh, so we we went out to a few of them. We were in the Tinley area because, of course, we started at Hailstorm Brewing Company, the official brewery of Socks in the Basement. Then I bounced around to a couple other places. I will tell you there was a place that I went to and I'm not going to disparage a place. But after I left Hailstorm, I went to another area place that wasn't accepting cash. And like right away, I was like, drink, drink your beer. We're going to the next spot. And she's yeah, like, that's, what? I'm that's, like, that's, uh, I won't put up with that. I won't. I won't. Were they doing the thing where they, they put on the, the service charge because they, they have to take your credit card? No, it's one of those places where like, you, here I am. I walk in and all I want to do is order a couple of beers. I'm like, I just want to try what they have. I've never been in this place before. Right. And I walk in and I'm like, I just want to, I want to try two beers. And they're like, okay, fine. And they got a big sign that says no cash. And I'm like, really? No cash? Like, yeah, yeah, we don't do cash. They take my credit card and then they just give me the total on the Apple screen. So I can't tell what they charge per beer. I can't tell what service fee they threw on. I can't tell what the tax was. You really shouldn't be tipping on service fees and tax to begin with. And so in the right. end, I'm looking at it and like for two beers, the suggested tip is something like $6. And I'm like, for pouring two beers? 
And I started laughing. I was like, no, I'll just put in two bucks because you bought you poured two beers. I mean, it isn't like you're you're back there like, you know, recreating the wheel. But, but you that's the scam now is like you can't use cash. You can't see what you're spending. I was like right away. I told her, I'm like, that's it. We're not even walk back into that place again. It was like a one time shot. I'll never walk into that place again. When I go to Tinley, I don't normally go to other places. So this this taught me a lesson, Ed. That the only place I go now is I'm going it's to Hailstorm. That's yeah. <laughs> because Hailstorm takes my cash. I put my cash on the bar. They'll take your card. They'll tell you what you paid. Cash card. Right. You know what the beer costs, and it's delicious. And, and so what? What else do you need, and, really? And they've they've fixed a they've they've uh, fixed some things up, and there was already a beautiful beer hall, but now they have these. Oh, yeah. uh, big uh, high tables around the bar area and they just every time i walk in there something's been added to the kitchen is insane right now they're going to start doing lunch specials which uh is awesome well the food there is uh, we don't talk a lot about the food there but it's good well they, they they've upped their game with the chef there and now yeah. now with the lunch specials basically tuesday through friday uh and i'm they're going to get me a list of all of them but they're going to have a lunch special where like you know you get the lunch you get the beer it all comes out to a, pretty much the price of the lunch which I think is just a, a great deal right there. And then uh, if you're looking for a last minute Valentine's Day thing, I know this show is on demand, but if you listen on the day it came out on the 14th of February, uh, check their website, hailstormbrewing.com. They have a dinner and beer pairing going on. It's five courses. It's a ticketed event, but you can get them online. You could probably do a day of, uh, from what I can see here, you can still order them as we're sitting here recording. 6 p.m. start, last minute thing if you're looking for it. 155 a couple that includes the gratuity and the tax. So one fi- there's a fillet in there as one of the courses. Oh, you're oh, getting man. five beers. Okay. You're getting five courses. There's a fillet in there is the main thing. And and I looked at all the rest of the course. You can see the whole menu online. That's a bargain. So trust me, guys. If you're like last minute, uh, and she likes going out and drinking craft beer, hailstormbrewing.com. All right, let's spin the wheel again. We're running out of things. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm spinning. There's only like two things left. Forget it. I'm just going to pick one off of here. Um, flip a coin at this point. Yeah, flip a coin at this point. I have on here a movie that uh, you watched that you did not like recently. And I did this because I watched the movie I hated. I was like, if we get to this point in the show and there's still some time left, I want to bag on this movie. But I want to give you the opportunity first before I go on my rant. All right. I... I'm going to bag on Top Gun Maverick. I, I, I know really? it's probably, yeah, it's been done. Look, here's the thing. Once I realized, once you realize that it's basically the plot to the first Star Wars movie, then it just, the whole thing just falls apart for me. <laughs> and and at this point, Tom Cruise is just such a caricature of Tom Cruise in every movie that he does. All I'm sitting there is like, oh, look, Tom Cruise finally got to be in a Top Gun parody. So that's really all I got out of it. I mean, there is that point where they're diving into the mountain and it's like, stay on target. They're, they're actually in the trench, aren't they? Pull in up, Star pull Wars? up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and there's MIGs on their 20 and, you know, Biggs has to get out of there because he's lost an engine. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's totally true. I hadn't even thought of that until you said it. Um, so I watched this weekend and it's funny because my daughter watched it and she was like, oh, you got to watch it. Dad, it's on Disney. I finally got around to watching Wakanda forever. And I had one oh, okay. one issue with it, which really kind of ruined the entire movie for me because I liked the first Black Panther. OK, I really did. And I thought I, I normally like all the Marvel movies, but I didn't get the idea that you could have just a random character that you needed to insert into the, the movie who was an MIT student who somehow at one point in the movie basically creates Iron Man's outfit and can fly it from scratch. He just from scratch makes Iron Man like Tony Stark took longer than that. 
To me, at that moment, I was like, this movie's stupid. That, in effect, it was two hours and 45 minutes. It didn't need to be that long, right? It was a little long, yeah. Like, her entire plot point could have been satisfied by somebody who was already in existence in the world of Wakanda. And then they had her in the movie, and then it was like they couldn't figure out how to include her in the battle, so instantly she becomes Iron Man? Just for that battle, though, because then they take the suit back afterwards. This is my problem with the Marvel movies. They rush through these things to try and set up future stuff, right? So, so dumb. they're trying to set up, they're trying to set up Ironheart, which is in the comics when Tony Stark has died, his consciousness becomes the AI. He becomes Jarvis basically in an Iron Man suit. And then Ironheart, this, and I don't remember her actual name, but she takes over as Iron Man, but with like Tony as her mentor. So is that what suit, she's going right? to be? I still don't I think get that's it. what that's supposed to be. Um, I, I'm sorry. But they rush through it and they stick them in places that they, it doesn't make any sense. Look how we nerded out so quickly here. I, my God, what's I hope, wrong with I us? I hope that Pedro Gafal will nerd out over the extra inning thing. That, I mean, yes. I, I still like, this is going to be the test. Like, I decided, like, just to go back to the first thing we talked about, just a way to wrap a bow on this show. The, the fact that this is going to be normal now and it's, it's, not going away. And again, I'm okay with it. The strategy of, of winning an extra innings really is a test of a manager. We always talk about how much does a manager matter? A manager matters a manager so matter. much in extra innings now. In reality, a manager matters from basically the beginning of the ninth inning on because he may already be setting things up for that extra innings. He's got to at least be conscious of what happens if we don't end up winning this game and it remains a tie. This is how it's going to go. This is how I want to set it up. Do I have a pitcher in my bullpen that can pitch well with a guy standing on second who may be a speed threat? Who do I have who doesn't let in inherited runners? Right, exactly. And it may change the way you do substitutions. I mean, you know, it already had, but it's again, when it started in 2020, it was for 60 games. And and then you you've had a couple of years of it now. But I think every manager had to learn how to handle it. Tony LaRusso never learned how to handle it. He was terrible at it. But I mean, the idea that, you know, if you do a substitution and now all of a sudden you've got a catcher who's not very good at holding, you know, base runners on that guy on seconds on third automatically. And now you're, now they're just trying to sacrifice him in. So there's there, there's so much the idea of do you walk the first guy to set up a double play? Because that, that's fine. If the guy moves from second to third, but you're able to get two outs, you'll take that. There were so many different things that I think last year was the first time we saw managers thinking outside the box. And I, I imagine they've only started to scratch the surface on how the right way is to play those extra innings. So it continues to fascinate me. And I think for the first time, we're going to have a manager that might actually try something other than just go out there and play. Like LaRusso didn't even know he could pinch run. Remember that last year? Like, right. wasn't it Fegan who like pointed it out from the athletic? He was like, did you know you could pinch wasn't run? Wasn't a fan? Wasn't it a fan that was like, maybe you should pinch run for Vaughn? No, that was a different thing. Wasn't it? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it might have been a different <laughs> thing. That, but was still. A, that was an extra. But it's still, you're right. Like, he, he never understood it because the game was already past him at that point. He wasn't going to learn something new with this rule. We have a manager now that, you know, became a manager after the rule was in effect and watched it for a few years on a bench and has probably a pretty good understanding of it. Always talks about preparation. If he's really prepared, he'll know how to attack those later innings. That could be an advantage for your team where you pick up a couple of wins that you wouldn't have picked up the year before with the manager you used to have right then and there. So I find that fascinating. I'm totally fine with keeping that rule. I am too. And and I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to do with, you know, with the changes in the shift rules. I'm curious to see what he's going to do if the Sox are going to run more with some of the guys that they have, if he's going to em- emphasize speed with some of these guys because of the bigger bases. 
how Pedro deals with the rule changes could be the difference between the Sox looking up at the Guardians and Twins or the Sox being on top of the division and having a chance to go forward in the playoffs. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.